that. Go ahead and keep that hand clap of praise unto the Lord today. Come on, somebody. We're in a house of refuge today. We're in a house of the healer today. Come on, somebody. We're in the house of the deliverer today. Come on, somebody. Jesus is in this place today. Come on, somebody. I'm here to tell you today that the Lord God Almighty is in this place today. Today, I want to give honor to our pastor and his wife today. I want to give honor to my beautiful wife and my beautiful children. I don't know where I would be without my beautiful wife. She is definitely my rock. Sometimes we can have a differences of opinion, but that's okay because the Lord is in the midst of our marriage. How many believe that you have to have the Lord in the midst of your marriage today? I want to give honor to God today to allow me to speak to this body. Like Pastor said, I'm a little nervous. And before service, he looked at me and he said, Brother, here's your water. I said, well, you'll get to about right below where this nice emblem is that says Ice Mountain on here is where you'll get today. But with the help of the Lord today, I want to take your attention to the book of Luke, the 13th chapter and the 28th verse. And if you could, stand to your feet for the reading of the word if you're able. Luke, the 13th chapter, the 28th verse. And before I read this one passage of scripture here, I want to tell you a little story of a movie that we watched last night. We had mom and dad and brother Doug and sister Sam over and we was eating dinner and just randomly we was trying to find a movie to watch. And randomly, I don't know if anybody else has ever had this experience, but Roku just randomly turned on a movie for us. And the title of the movie was Break Every Chain. And the movie is about a young man that grows up and he loses his father at a young age. And it goes through this movie and it's, he becomes a police officer and he, he starts drinking and all the, all the killings that he's seen, all the, all the kids that he's seen that's been in car wrecks and just all these things that's in, in his mind that just keep playing over and over forces this man to drink more and more. It gets to the point where he has a child of his own and it skips ahead in his life about eight years. He ends up having an affair on his wife through the, the department. He gets in trouble. And it comes to a scene where this young man is sitting in his garage, bottle after bottle, bottle after bottle. And he takes out this thing that's got roughly probably about 12 shots in it. And this young man is so far gone that he cocks this thing and is about to end his own life. But you see, he overcomes what is going on in his mind and he runs to a house of refuge. Where he finds this preacher at, and this pastor, and he, he's talking to this pastor, and this pastor said, well, son, you see, you have to tell the truth. 
You have to do it for you. You can't do it for nobody else except for yourself. But not to spoil the movie, it goes on and this young man ends up getting in a big argument with his wife. He tells his wife the truth. But coming coming to the end of the movie, the wife didn't want to have nothing to do with this young man. He ends up going to the refrigerator one night and he grabs every single bottle out of the refrigerator. He grabs every single bottle out of the cabinet. He even was so far gone that he had a book bag that sat next to the doorway of the kitchen that he literally picked up and put on the counter and pulled out bottle after bottle. But you see, as we were sitting there watching this movie last night, the Lord gave me confirmation for this message. Luke 13, 28, it says, There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth when ye shall see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God and you yourselves thrust out. With the help of the Holy Ghost today, I want to preach to you on this topic, pulling this generation from hell. Pulling this generation from hell. If we could close our eyes tonight, lift our voices unto the Lord, lay your Bibles in your seat, and let's just give one more praise to the Lord today. Lord, we love you today. We magnify you, God. We thank you for your presence that we feel in this place. Lord, without you, we are nothing. But like it's been said before, by your stripes, Lord, we are healed. We're not going to be healed. We are healed today, Lord. Lord, we love you today. We ask, Lord, that you just bless this word. Bless each and every person that sits amongst the sound of my voice today. Speak through me, Lord. Let your word fall upon good ground today. Lord, we love you and we magnify you today in Jesus' name. You may be seated today. You see, one of the ways of reaching this generation is finding their need and filling it. To find their hurt and heal it. But you see, one thing is, is you got to find the hurt to heal it, and it will be a strong key to a world revival. Today, we must know their questions and supply this generation with answers. Today, I've come to you because I'm not interested in just working for God. I'm interested in being blessed by the work of God. I'm not interested in just preaching to you today, but I want the anointing and I want results. You see, I'm not interested in just teaching home Bible studies, but I expect every one of them Bible study participants to be baptized and receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. You see, today it is important that in these days and times that you and I are living in, that we not only know God, but we must know the enemy. We must have an awareness of his tactics, but I have come to tell somebody today that we have a built-in detector of the devil. And that built-in detector of the devil today is called the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Not only do we need to know God or know the devil, but you see the greatest tragedy that could render this church and the ministry unfruitful would be to teach or to reach a place in this hour that we come unfamiliar with 
the lost. That we do not understand or know the lost today. It is important that we as apostolics know the mind of a lost man. That we know his thought pattern and we understand the heart of this man and his each and every feeling. I want you to know today without a shadow of a doubt there are mass multitudes that are not in apostolic truth proclaiming churches today. But they're not there because they don't want to be there. They're not there because they are rejectors of the truth today. You see, it's easy to pack out a, a church when you can promise and you don't teach truth and it's a show and an entertainment center. Folks don't get anything out of it when they go. The preacher doesn't preach to them. They don't feel anything and they just don't see anything. But I want you to ask yourself this afternoon if they will pack out a church where they don't feel anything, where they won't see anything, where they won't feel anything, and where they will never receive anything, what will happen when they find out where it's at? What will happen when they do find a place, when they find out where it is available to them? You see, today, have you ever considered what it would be like to put yourself in the shoes of a lost man in 2023? Have you ever considered what it would be like to be hungry for God, to be sick of sin, to want to escape hell and make heaven your home without absolutely no direction or knowledge of truth at all and no clue on which way you should go or where you could possibly find it? I would like for you to recognize today that the greatest miracle of our age is the discovery of truth. Have you ever thought to think of how you got to where you are today? Out of the masses of millions of people, there is a very sad statistic, but this statistic can bring rejoice to our souls today. Today, there are approximately 6.8 million souls in the state of Indiana. And if we do the math at 120 people that roughly walk through this place every Sunday, there are only 0.002% of Indiana to walk in this place every single Sunday. But you see, it's very sad to think, but if you look at it from a different perspective, out of the 0.002% that walk through this place every single Sunday, you are in that number. You are the ones that are in the power of God, and you know the truth today. Consider with me, if you would, the observations of a sincere searching soul today. Thousands of voices are calling them. They are all clashing together, and at the end result to that is a mass confusion. We are in a generation today that is enslaved with the spirit of confusion. Today, we're looking at a generation that is frustrated and confused. How else in the name of the Lord could they be when we consider backsliders that they watch? When you consider hypocrites that they watch? When you consider that fakes that parade in the name of God? What else would you expect from this generation today? The internet, social media, television, music, celebrities, they bombard them with religious scandals and 
devastating reports. The ministry is viewed by the mass as a mercenary, mercenary prophets with their royal, with their Rolls Royce, with their yachts, with their gold watches and their wives that look like a circus clown. That's the kind of things that are coming over this generation today. That's the kind of things today that the devil is flooding their minds with. These things have presented an awesome, overpowering, overwhelming, conquering devil that mankind cannot possibly ever hope to escape or defeat today. Today I might get in trouble for this, and I'll ask for forgiveness from the pastor after service, but I feel in my spirit today. You see, the educators propound evolution. The philosophers preach God is dead. The psychiatrists admonish, do your own thing. And finally, these souls stagger into a cold, frigid atmosphere, claiming to be the house of God today. And when they get there, their ears are frostbitten while the man preaching to them is speaking chilling words. This whole message is an apology for his pitiful presentation of God and the, and the gospel and the portions of the Bible that he doesn't believe in. But while the organization ordains just anyone to preach and call God, a she, that is the generation that we are living in today. But you see, today I've come to tell someone that when they finally make it to the house of the truth, they're wondering what is the sin a man can commit, or they are wondering about their marriage situation. They will come to us out of a world that has confused them. Their lives are in shambles today in a wreck and ruin, it is then we need to detect the overall plan of the adversary to doom our generation and his plan is plain. The devil is trying to convince our generation today to give up. There is no use. You're hopelessly doomed. Don't try anything. It's too late. Sin is too strong. The devil is too mean. Heaven is too far. But I've come to tell somebody today with a message for this generation, we have to pull them out of hell today. We have to pull them out of hell today. You see, this generation that already has the smoke of hell all around it, they've already come to the fact that they're going to hell when a man is convicted of a murder for the sake of his safety and others. For the fact that no one can die but just once. He has to be incarcerated in total seclusion because he has nothing to lose, Pastor. You see, what's the difference in just one murder and ten murders? There is no difference. You see, part of the reason we are seeing Horrible crimes committed in this generation is because they feel like I'm going to hell, so what difference does it make? Why go? Why come into a house of refuge? It doesn't matter. I'm going to hell anyway, so why, why do the things uh, uh, that the church teaches and preaches about? But you see, there's no difference, and they are doomed to a devil's hell today. They feel they have nothing at all to lose. But there was a day that ministers had to preach them in so they could get them out. But it's a different hour now. 
They're coming to us totally devastated, totally torn to pieces. And they're wondering, could it be that there is hope? Could it be that there is a way out? I've come to tell somebody today, it's our mission in this last hour. The mission that we have isn't just going to be to push them into hell. It's to pull them out of hell. You see, Acts 2.38 has been one of our favorite messages for a long time on into verse 38, 39, and 40. You see, the question was asked, men and brethren, what shall we do? But I'm convinced that it is more than an emotional, momentary conviction. It was more than just a moment, uh, an emotional conviction. It was a plea for hopelessness and total exhaustion. You see, when God robed himself in flesh, they pushed him outside of their world today. They ridiculed him and they mocked him. And finally, with cold, cruel hands, they crucified him. That is the reason at Pentecost they look back over their history of rejection, of humility, of failure, of hopelessness. They said, men and brethren, what shall we do? But you see, he sent us prophets and we killed them. He sent us missionaries and we stoned them. He came himself with, and we, with cold, cruel hands, we crucified them. What shall we do? But you see, Peter said, I know what the answer is. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. It's not too late for our generation. You see, I'm glad to be a part of a church today that preaches answers and not questions, solutions and not problems. You see, there were three times that Jesus disturbed the darkness of the domain of death. The first time to resurrect the daughter of Jairus. The second time it was to resurrect the widow of the daughter, or of the, the widow of Nain. But you see, the third time it was Lazarus, the most notable and well known. Notice with me today the daughter of Jairus had just died. The son of the widow of Nain had been dead long enough to be carried towards a tomb. But you see, Lazarus had been dead for four days. But Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. The the, the dimension of death is immaterial to the resurrector. And yet the devil on every hand is trying to get us to, to, to surrender a certain group of our society as though they are untouchable, as though as they are unsavable, beyond the rescuing hand of God, the devil, we will not give you any body today. We will not surrender any group today. We will not surrender any soul today. Come on, somebody. I thought I was in an apostolic church today. We will not give you anybody. If there is one sin that the blood can't cover, then there's not not one of them the blood cannot cover. Come on, somebody. If there's one sin God can't deliver you from, God can't deliver any of them. But I'm here today to pull out a generation from the pits of hell. 
You see, the power of creation is in preaching. You don't like the world that you're living in, then preach you a new one. You see, you don't like your environment that you're living in, but give you a gold nugget, then preach you a new one. I'm here today to tell you I believe in the power of preaching. You can create worlds with preaching. There's a power of salvation in preaching. If there's anything we need in this hour, it is powerful preaching. It's strong converts, and there is nothing that will produce strong converts like strong preaching. It's not time to be embarrassed in the pulpit. It's time for strong saints of God to preach the word of God. You see, there is not a social thing. There is not a social area that can substitute for preaching. There's not a stadium that can take the place of preaching. There is no drama, no show. There is no entertainment. There is nothing in the kingdom that can take the place of preaching today. There is no place that can take the power of preaching today. But you see, if we could just get excited about preaching today. Come on, somebody. If we could just get excited about preaching today, we would have a revival in this nation If we could just get excited about preaching, come on somebody. If we could just get excited about preaching today instead of football games. If we could just get excited today about preaching instead of these things that this world has to offer us. Money. Come on somebody. If we could get excited about preaching today, other than the car that you drive, the house that you live in. Come on somebody. I come to preach today. Somebody better hear me today. If we could just get excited about the word of God today, the word of God is going to save our souls today. As the musicians come quickly, if we could all stand all over this house, I know the only thing that's keeping you from eating your lunch today is me. But you see, Revelation 21 and 4 tells us, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. There shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain. For the former things are passed away. Is there anybody in here today that's in pain? I know I am. I got back pain all the time. My knees hurt, my legs hurt. Flooring will wear you out. But you see, I feel it in my spirit today that there's someone in this place that is fighting the enemy so bad. It doesn't matter which way they turn, they don't know which way that they can turn to. They don't know what else to do. You see, they're tired of fighting a losing battle today. But if you would just get out of that seat and come down to this altar today, the Lord is already fighting your battle. 
Your battle has already been won. You just have to let go and let God fight it for you. You see, the mercy of God is not too short for you to reach him. The same God that was back then in the Bible days is the same God today and the same God forevermore. But you see, the problem with fighting your battle alone is that you haven't seen the victory on the other side. My God, hear me today. If you would just let go of the things you're going through today and let God take control, your family will be saved. Your marriage will be fixed. Your finances will fall into place. I've come today today to tell you, let go and let God fight each and every battle that you're going through today. You see, once you let go and let God fight your battles, the generation to follow you will be pulled out of a devil's hell today. Don't let the enemy keep your family hostage any longer. Don't let the enemy keep your marriage any longer. Come on, somebody. Don't let the enemy keep your healing any longer. Come on, somebody. Don't let the enemy keep your deliverance any longer. I've come today to tell you to let go and let God. Let God fight your every battle. Let go and let God fight your finances. Let go and let God fight your marriage for you. Let go and let God fight each and every battle that you're going through today. As we was up here during worship service earlier, I couldn't help but to notice a little girl that was going through a battle. A lot of you may not know, but she was going through a battle for her life. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost today. This little girl was battling for her life. But you see, when the parents just let go and let God take control, the Lord stepped in and said, I've already fought this battle. Come on, somebody. The Bible tells us that the Lord's already fought that battle. And today we got to witness a miracle. Walk up to this place. Come on, somebody. I feel the Holy Ghost tugging to somebody else's heart today. I look back at my children. That's going to be the next generation that takes over this church. I hate to tell you, but we're all put on this earth to die. Eventually, we're all going to die off. But if we don't raise our children in the truth today, if we don't have an example set before our children today, once we die off, this truth is no longer no more. This truth will die off right along with us. If I could get some prayer warriors up here to pray with this young lady. 
I feel in my spirit, this young lady is going through a battle today that she just needs to let go and let God take control of it. If there's anybody else in this place today that is fighting a battle, there's no battle too small or too great that God cannot overcome the victory with it. If you're fighting a battle today and you're feeling it in your spirit, I've come to tell you that that's the spirit of God telling you to step out of that seat today. To step out and let God take control of your each and every battle today. Come on, somebody. I know that this ain't a white flag, but if this was a white flag and I just say, I surrender today. I surrender it all to God today. God, I want you to fight my every battle today. I know there's family that you have that's lost today. They're in a lost and dying world today. I know sometimes I I lay awake at night and I just look at my family and I say, thank God for the mercy that is bestowed upon my family. I don't know if this message was for you today, but I I feel it in my spirit that there's somebody else that this message was for today. I know this message wasn't just for the few people that's up here. And I know it wasn't just for me today because I'm telling you, I got a lot from this message when I was studying it. But there's somebody else in this, that's sitting amongst this congregation today. That you've looked all around you. Everywhere that you've looked, you can't find nothing. Everywhere you've turned, there's nothing that can help you. But I'm telling you that you're in a place of refuge today. If you would just make your way to this altar. You don't have to make your way to this altar if you would just lift your hands today towards heaven. We 